0: And welcome to the podcast for Module 5, The Art of Protest. In the last module, we talked about activism and the role of the activist. And part of the role of the activist is to use every means by which we can promote a campaign, raise awareness about an issue. And that involves, of course, using creativity as well. So that leads to thinking about what forms of creativity can be used to highlight an issue. I think it's worth looking at art as one of the mechanisms of transformation in society. Artists and intellectuals are targeted by authoritarian regimes, totalitarian regimes, because they play a role of being subversive within society. They protest through their art. They highlight through their art the issues within that society, including the policies and activities of authoritarian governments or figures or agencies within that society. Art has always been a powerful form of protest and a form of activism. The reason authoritarian regimes shut down artists is because they explore, investigate and scrutinise all propositions of how we should live, how we should understand life, how all social and political institutions should or should not function. They really ask questions of the society that an artist lives in. And therefore, art can be very challenging. It can be a very subversive force. Subversive in the sense that it really is taking a look at, shining a light on, a laser light, on conventions within that society, policies within that society, the norms of behaviour, which may, through the art, be highlighting fundamental injustices, questionable practices, abuse of power and authority, and how that society functions. What is worth questioning within that society? We can argue that through the modern era, there's been progress in society in terms of improving people's life, giving people more choice, really the origin of representative government. Art has played a role in bringing about modern society. Art both tracks the development within society that we've talked about before that has led to the creation of the modern world. And it also plays a part in bringing about that transformation. Our focus is going to be on the role that art still plays in being a form of protest, activism, and being a subversive force within society. I recommend that you watch the documentary, The Art of Protest, where you'll see many artists talking about their role within society today, where their art is a form of activism or a form of protest. In the modern context, that protest might be focused on political figures, governments, certain policies, and particularly the behaviour of large corporations and companies. Artists and people certainly question their practices. We've looked at a number of issues within the series, and obviously many of our conclusions are that things are massively out of balance. There's huge abuse of human rights around the world, And there's questions to be asked, deep questions, about the fundamental paradigm by which the economics of the world work, leading to massive inequality in wealth and many, many environmental problems, the massive consumption of natural wealth, those in power or the most powerful positions and having the greatest influence, gaming the system very much to their own advantage and leaving a really large portion of society who still do not have enough to live on and to lead a good life. We've seen throughout the series of global solutions that there are critical issues to be looked at. If we look just at the fashion industry, we saw how fashion is producing vast amounts of pollution and waste. And there are questions also about the sourcing of the material, the cotton, forced labor being used to produce the cotton. Uh, Questions about that within China uh, very recently arisen. And being focused on. And then elsewhere, not paying people enough so that they can have a lifestyle where they can afford to send their children to school, have good healthcare, live in a good home, and so on. Basically, companies taking advantage of very weak labor laws, or no labor laws, or weak government in other countries in order to profit from it, which obviously, ethically, is highly questionable. And yet this happens on a grand scale. Now, artists like everyone else are very much aware of the issues of our time and are involved in those issues. And famous artists such as Ai Weiwei, who we focus on in the art of protest, actually has stated that, to quote, an artist must also be an activist aesthetically, morally, and philosophically. That doesn't mean they have to demonstrate in street protests, but rather deal with these issues through a so-called artistic language. Without that kind of consciousness, to be blind to human struggle, one cannot even be called an artist. Which is a very interesting notion that, really, if you are to be an artist, then you can't leave aside questions to do with the human experience and the human condition. After all, in a sense, if you go back to the origins of modern art, you can trace it back to the Renaissance and the development of humanism. There is a focus on human dignity, human values, human ethics, human rationalism in terms of the way that we see the world, the way that we deal with the world and each other. So that became a key element within the Renaissance movement and humanism grew into eventually pushing for secularism and rational thought and the promotion of science. So in the same way that society was transforming itself and questioning the authority structures from previous centuries, which included the church and feudal structures, so were artists beginning to question these things as well. And their work was shifting from only making work which was within the religious sphere and featured religious themes and figures or mythology, and beginning to shift to focus on the experience of being human within society, a human perspective and moving towards secular themes the whole modern era of course is one in which the individual and individualism becomes a focus and we can through that then explore the domains of human experience internally across the emotional landscape across the experience of all aspects of life at every level and not solely focus on really the top of the pyramid, which is both the divine level, if you like, gods and god themes and religious themes, and then its representation on earth in terms of monarchies and people close to monarchies, and then maybe those who are the best off and the wealthiest in society, who were obviously commissioning works of art, and then you see, if you've tracked the history of art and you follow from there, you move more and more and more towards themes that look at ordinary life and people from all walks of life, at all levels of life. Then we begin to explore more the existential experience of a human being to the themes and focus of a modern society. On top of that, if you talk about artists like Marcel Duchamp, they're really then questioning what is art itself, uh, leading to the origin of the idea of the ready-made, where Marcel Duchamp would take, for instance, a famous example would be Rhinel, put it in an art gallery and put a signature on it, and then that would be the piece of art. This is beginnings of conceptual art and really an exploration of what art is and its function and how it relates to bourgeois society or other things within society which are part of a capitalist system of payment and market forces and really stirring things up. And that is part of the purpose of art is to stir things up, to be subversive, to question these things, to really challenge everything on every level, including art itself. Of course, in the modern context, in terms of the artists that are Listed there for you to look at, we have graffiti artists, artists like Banksy, conceptual artists, artists that are questioning recent colonial history, uh, that highlight uh, racism, or who are challenging modern governments and modern government figures. One of the most recent, of course, would be Donald Trump, and you'll see that in the documentary. In looking at this, we realize that art moves across a broad spectrum, but it does tend to be subversive to the dominant conventions of the day. And this can be, of course, a force of change, a mechanism of change. Art plays a really important role in that, because if you think of any environmental movement or modern movement, art is there. Art is there in the form of graffiti, protest, the creation of logos that becomes so memorable, such as the anti-nuclear weapon logo, which I'm sure we all instantly recognize, and other logos, Anonymous, and so many different protest movements, In Decline and their logo. These artists, quite a few of them, Banksy and In Decline, remain anonymous because part of their protest does break the law. And I think as one artist put it, I think it was Pussy Riot and said, well, we're expected to respect the law, but companies and other powerful interests are trashing our planet. I mean, that makes a really valid point, doesn't it? And if you look at the history of protest, of course, it has always involved challenging legal frameworks as well, and usually people who are involved in protests and so on do run foul of the law as well. But the whole point is that there is a greater ethical purpose behind it in terms of highlighting far more fundamental and important abuses of power or conventions within a society that are ethically questionable and must be challenged on an ethical basis. So in looking at the art of protest, we're not proposing any particular part of the political spectrum. It is, of course, political. It involves politics. You can't deal with global issues on any level without involving politics. Politics is key, and politics is very emotive and will, stir emotions, thoughts, feelings, and of course we're very much aware of this in the social media sphere and every sphere. Think of this also, that art is used and design is used to promote things that we would question and think were unethical or simply to sell things to us. We are surrounded by art and design and media in that respect. It entirely makes sense that artists will inhabit that sphere as well and use graphic design. Strong example of that would be Andy Warhol and then currently Shepard Fairey, who is one of the artists that is listed for you to look at. The artists will use every tool at their disposal. They will use performance, graffiti, occupation, taking over sites and redesigning them, They will take opportunities where they're invited to do this work, but also where they're not invited. And obviously, this is true of every form of protest. Very rarely are you invited into a arena in order to make a protest or a building or to draw on a wall or so on. Sometimes, yes, but often not. So there is essentially crossover sometimes into non-violent protest, civil disobedience, forms of protest using art. So our key point here is art is really important in terms of activism and protest. It carries a message. You need to crystallize a message so that it's memorable so that it strikes people's emotions and their imagination. And art has a very key role to play there in terms of highlighting both the issue, but also as a vector for carrying the message of an issue, for really being something that is striking, memorable, that we can gravitate towards, that really intellectually and emotionally represents the cause. So creativity as part of activism and protest is right there in the center of it, is a crucial part of it. And I think that when one examines and looks at all the different forms of protest art and the protest artists and activists that are featured within the module, then we get a very clear idea that art is really crucial. And that if we are to be involved in transforming the world and using all the mechanisms of transformation, then art has a really important role. It's had that role for quite a long time. It is part of the modernist world and it is part of how the world will transform itself so that we can address these fundamental ethical issues, imbalances and challenges that we currently face and must be addressed at this time. And that's it for now.